0: Um keys just get pucked deep. You know, play the corners hard. See if good
1: things will happen for us. We're back. Episode 66 of Just Dishing It. Uh we have to uh, we had a couple minor scheduling conflicts, so uh, we got some big guests coming up, though. I know we've said it now two episodes in a row, but folks, we promise you we got some good ones coming up here. Um, crazy time of the year. Things are getting moved around. We got some busy people, you know. It's just the way it is. It's the way it rolls sometimes. Um, thank you, as always, for joining us, but don't you worry, everybody. We are not short on stuff to talk about for uh, this week here. We are on the... Uh, around the well, the day of what will be game four of the Stanley Cup finals. Can't wait to tune into that. See what happens there. See if some of our predictions look like we're smarter. We look like complete idiots. We will see how that goes. Tudes, how you doing, buddy? Fresh off of Vegas. Doing, doing good. Came you're
2: back here. So, uh, yeah,
0: you came back. So I guess We didn't even get good. to
2: talk about it. How did, I, I, did you fuck up the Flamingo or what?
0: No. So uh, I did play Blackjack and the Flamingo. One night, first night we were there, actually, and I sat down at the same table, Derek, that you and I were sitting at (laughs) um, in February, and I, dude, something about that place, man. Um, I clawed my way back, though. I finished only down, like, 40 bucks or something like that, so, you know, got got down a little bit big and then kind of clawed my way back and cut my losses there, and then another night we went, uh, actually, over to Old Vegas uh, to Golden Nugget. And they were, uh, there was this like side bet on the blackjack table and I had never seen anything like this before. I had never done it, but they never uh, even heard of this. Yes. You had to put like a $2 chip on um, this thing in front of you, like on top of your normal bet.
2: I've seen that on like,
0: on like, uh, what's it called? There's a, it's like that three card game. Um, I've seen that before, but. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I I really just play blackjack at the tables, but we um, we end up if you get blackjack, you get to spin a wheel for extra cash. So <sighs> I won a few of those, which is pretty nice. Extra like twenty bucks, thirty bucks, forty bucks. I obviously didn't hit the jackpot, um, and then uh, wouldn't be here. Yeah, uh, is it no, like a physical exactly.
2: wheel? Like, do they just no? It's like virtual. It's, like virtu-
0: oh, it's virtual, oh. and then okay. like on top of that. They had this other side thing where if the dealer busts with exactly 22, they had like this metal uh, like this metal cup and there was four dice in it. And on the four dice, one side out of the six had a cat on it and the other five sides were blank. So they would roll those dice. And if there if there was one cat showing, it would pay one to one to your bet and then like if there were four cats showing so you got all four of them it paid out 50 to one well the first time they did it i didn't even know this side bet was a thing and i'm sitting at the table with my buddy and uh, the dealer starts like shaking this cup and it was just the two of us at the table and i looked over and i'm like what the fuck is she doing and (laughs) she rolls it and it comes up all four cats so we hit it 50 to one on what our bets were and she has to call the pit boss over to uh, to give us our chips for hitting that. And she looks at him and she goes, "They have no idea what just happened." And he just starts laughing and he was like, "Have fun, boys!" And they just like gave us our chips, whatever. But so that was wild. Uh, wow. <laughs> ended ended up having a a fun week there. It was a lot of uh, so a you, lot. Of fun. You ended up up big then, right? That time, but you know, later on, uh, a couple nights later, went back, tried my luck again, and I've <laughs> never seen anything like this, boys. The dealer literally two um, times, in, two t- twice in a row, back to back hands at four different occasions over like two hours got blackjack, absolutely rinsed, and I could I couldn't win a hand for like an hour. It was stupid. Like I'd get twenty, and then I'd push, or wow. I'd get I'd get twenty, and the dealer would get like four card 21 or something stupid oh my like God. No. I, it was just an absolute a, a demoral,
2: a demoralizing yeah effect. and
0: it, it wasn't even like you know i was getting like horrible cards like it wasn't like i was getting 14 every time and then busting because i had to hit it was just stupid shit like the dealer getting unbelievable cards but it is what it is like we had a blast there's absolutely no town like vegas that being said, if I do go back, it will not be in June or July because good God, it's hot down there. Um, <laughs> so we were better off in February then, huh? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, it's good to be back with you boys. We, uh, we made it back in one piece. No flight delays. I know there's been craziness going on. That's with that, fucking so. mind blowing. I know. Yeah. Wow. Shout out Southwest Airlines. You guys yeah. are the best. Not an American Airlines podcast. Nope. No, absolutely Still not. not. American Airlines. Pocket. I don't fly with them. They're those on clowns. the they're on, I the, they're on I the I don't on the blacklist. Yeah, I don't fly with those clowns, but their customer their customer service workers great people, but Top airline, tier. O- airline overall I w- I don't fly with those clowns.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well uh, I don't even know where we're going to start here, but um, I just came off a nice 45. So, I mean, we might as well get the golf out of the way. I mean, um, what do we make of, I mean, as of now, I know we were messaging about it in our chat, right? I mean, this live tour is gaining a little momentum here. It's been gaining momentum, but another blue chip player in Brooks Keck. uh, Who's the other one?
0: Abraham Answer. And, and Bryson. Oh. I don't think we talked about Bryson last Oh, yeah,
1: time.
2: since – Yeah, since, that then, was yeah, since
0: yeah. our last episode. Yeah.
2: Abraham Answers a little bit younger guy, kind of newer, younger. Yeah. But he's, uh, been, and he's been making some waves on the tour for sure.
1: Oh, well, yeah. I would say the – you know, most majors out of those guys, obviously. Brooks Koepka, four-time major winner. Yeah, for sure. Take that right. to the bank. Um, decides to join up the live tour. Um, it's just this – this is one of these things, boys, where it's, I feel like it's going to be touched on pretty much every solo episode we do for a while now because there's constant developments. It's an ever-evolving thing, and it kind of gets more and more interesting each day that passes, each guy that joins up. But, uh, Tudes, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts uh, on Kepka there? Not been playing too much this year. Very select schedule, it seems. I know he just got married. Um but yeah, what what are your thoughts here? Kepka joining up the uh, the live tour?
0: Um, I would say not surprised. Even though I know Rory came out with a statement saying he was surprised after Brooks's comments at the U.S. Open last week when he was asked about Live. Yeah, what um, did
2: he? He said something like along the lines of Brooks like, "There's, he, there's been not,
0: no other league, right? He who uh, Brooks? Yeah." He basically just said, you know, why are you guys asking about this? This is the U.S. Open. You're casting a black cloud over the U.S. Open and kind of seemed annoyed by the question. Um, You know, maybe now we know why, because he obviously was already planning on, you know, shipping out right after. But, um, no, I think I'm not shocked with Brooks for a couple reasons. One of them, I know he hasn't been playing a ton lately because he's he's had a couple injuries he's coming back from. But the thing with Brooks is – He's always been one of those guys that's very transparent about golf and he's so good, but he's always said, you know, I don't really practice that much outside of like leading up to a major. I don't really care about, you know, tournaments other than majors. And, you know, those are the big money payouts on the tour anyway. And, um, you know, he even went on, I think it was part of my take, it was probably a year or two ago now, and he was doing an interview with them. And he was talking about how, you know, he wishes golf was only like 12 holes because for about six holes out there, he just blacks out because it's boring. And it's like, you know, that's, but that's like one of those candid things that I think people either love or they hate Brooks for. But those are the things that make me not surprised by it. Cause I see all these comments by fans online, right? And the first thing I did was went to the comment section because I, I just golf <laughs> fans are all over the fucking place. But I I'm here seeing all this stuff and like, you know, oh, he hates golf or whatever. It's like I don't think he hates golf, but I think what people need to understand is like you know, we golf is a leisure activity, right? And I play as much as I can and I wish it was more, but these, to these guys, that's their job, right? Anytime something's your job, I'm sure it takes a little bit of the joy out of it. Right. And you know, if you can make more money and spend less time on the golf course, why not? If you want to play more golf, go play with your buddies at, at, whatever club you're a member at down in Florida, you know, if you're Brooks, but I it doesn't shock me. I mean, I can't say, I can't say I was surprised, especially after seeing that the first tournament his younger brother was in it, and you know, Chase, as I mentioned last episode, hasn't really broke through, you know, with the PGA Tour. So that was the best option for him. But I mean, if you're Brooks, you get to focus on a smaller number of tournaments, you get to make more money and you get to, you know, your brother's going to be playing on the tour there as well. I mean, maybe he gets knocked out if more big names come in, but you know, it, it is what it is. I think, I think ultimately these are the things that might, you know, you'll see the PGA continuing to respond. I mean, they've already announced that, uh, they're going to do a fall series of eight events with $20 million purses, which are massive compared to, you know, what PGA events have usually paid out, but that's going to be their response. They're going to have to pay more money to these guys to keep them on the tour. So it could be good for the PGA tour guys as well. that do stay.
1: Derek, what do you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, you guys know my opinion on it from when we texted, but I don't know. And I kind of mentioned it last week. I think it's, it's just good for golf all around. It's good for the tour. Um, their response will end up, you know, you know, it's puts the PGA tour on their toes, you know, business wise, like, you know, they've been very cushy and they've been able to, you know, not have to worry about anyone, you know, doing their shit for, you know, dealing you know, on them for however long, you know, obviously I don't even know if there was, you know, a a rival. Forever basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know even if anyone even came into play, basically. Um, But, no, I think it's good. It raises the purse of stuff. I mean, you know, there's tons of money in golf, and I can't even imagine how much the tour was probably banking. And um, that's stuff that we don't see as average viewers, but those guys that are playing in it every single week definitely see. These guys are definitely seeing how much money the tour is making and how much money they're bringing in for the tour and how much money they're not seeing out of it. It's like you're telling me that there's another league that's out there with – very little backing and they can just toss all of this money out there for winnings is like, and the PGA tour can't, it's like, it's for $150 it like, million dollars yeah, at a
1: guy like so. Bruce Kepka.
2: Yeah. It seems like, it seems like a, like a, just a capital a capitalism situation over and over again, you know, just, but now in sports is like, these guys have had the ability to dictate their prices and stuff. And, you know, they've been able to do whatever makes them the most money in terms of the PGA tour, without anyone really being able to challenge it and now there's a challenger that's come out and they're able to you know it's gonna be it's gonna be leverage basically for these guys um, I think yeah. it's really good for the game of golf um, I think it's good f- overall and I have no you know no qualms with the guys that left you know um, you can actually be a human playing golf like you know during season on this tour is like you're only playing so many events um i mean you just think about it i mean shorter in duration yeah shorter in duration you want to be at you know you don't have to turn around and like you know go from u.s open week to the next week to play on tour you know yeah everyone has the same opportunities to, you know, make, you know, get their points and stuff like that. You don't have to like be grinding on tour for seven weeks straight to make your FedEx points so that you can take a couple weeks off kind of thing, you know. Like right. that's yeah. stuff that we don't even think about as the common, you know, viewer either is like, you know, what's the strategy for that? Like, do you play a bunch of weeks in a row and then bank up a bunch of FedEx cup points and then take off a couple weeks, you know, before a major or something like that? You know, what's what's there's definitely strategy behind that and it's all determined by the individual player, you know, and their coaches
0: pretty much. It's all coordinated too, right? Because part of where like part of where world ranking points come in and part of where like FedEx points come in too, are the the magnitude of the event, right? And a lot of it has to do Mm -hmm. with strength of field. So obviously majors have really good strength of field. The players has a really good strength of field, but like, you know who who's really t- tuning into some of these smaller tournaments week to week, and those are yeah, the like ones the that you Kana, see, like the like invitation yeah, like those are the like ones that. you see a lot of no name. I call them no name, but they're still professional golfers, and respect to them. But those, those are the corn ones fairy, you see, corn these, fairy guys, yeah, yeah, the unknown guys winning, and good for them. They need those points, but it's because the big dogs don't play in those. They're trying to take time off, and you know, I
1: yeah, I and think I see? I always.
0: I pose the live question like this to any, you know, I've had a bunch of people like talking to me about it and they'll be like, you know, these guys shouldn't be doing this. They shouldn't be taking that money whatever. And you know, no loyalty to the PGA tour and the tradition. And I was like, look, if somebody comes to you right now and says, I'll pay you double what your salary is right now, but you only have to work. Two to three days a week instead of five days a week, are you not going to take that? You can yeah. do the same job you do now, but you're going to work less days, less hours, and you're going to make double the money.
1: Who's not, in, ta-
0: who's not? Who's not? You can't play in the C- Ryder. You can't play in the Ryder Cup. Like, oh man. Right, but like, that, I guess that's like that's kind of why my, is my that? Because that's
1: PGA Tour.
2: Mm-hmm. That's the that was for now. the... That was for really The. Yeah, that was literally the only thing that was like that I had seen people that were talking about of why they would like players might stay back because of the playing aspect of things because they can still play in all the majors because they're not technically PGA sanctioned events like the Masters is still good. Like you'll be able to obviously all those guys just played in the US Open, like you'll be the, only ma- the only major that. you
0: can't play in is the PGA Championship because that's yeah, the yeah, only one that's actually British, run by the
2: PGA. Yeah, you'll be able to play the the Open which is another, yeah. you know, huge major, obviously, like, you know. Let's face so, it, like, the top three the, majors
1: uh, you can still play in. Right. Yeah, yeah,
2: the ones that so, matter the most. And, yeah. oh, you can't play in the Ryder Cup. And you have to be doing pretty well during that year. Like, so you have to have a very, like, you could be doing really well this year and then be shit next year and miss the Ryder And Cup. you don't so,
1: – I don't think care. they're going to stick with that Ryder Cup. I don't think these bands are going to stick because, seriously, if Brooks Kepka is ripping up the Live Tour and – they're going to try, and, you, and the PGA Tour, is, like, in the captains of, you know. They will keep you know, the PGA out of spite for a couple of years. If yeah, this, it's not going to last, league,
2: though. If this league stays for, we'll say, let's say five years or something like that, past then, I think that then that conversation gets opened back up. Um, but I think that that will be the gatekeeping thing of, like, oh, you want to play in this, like, sacred event kind of thing. Like, we're going to keep it PGA-sanctioned kind of thing, so. Because they have no, that... they have no say over the Masters or the U.S. Open or the Open in general. Like they, they can't like tell you yeah. that. Like, hey, you have to limit it to our players. Like, mm-hmm. that's already out the window. So, like, they're gonna guys, tell them. They're, yeah, they're gonna tell they're them. They're gonna to keep one. They're gonna keep one and or, or
0: two technically, which is the PGA Championship then also. So, but I think ultimately it's gonna come down to is. Like, is the live tour sustainable? I don't, I don't know, right? Because Depends on how much, the, how deep the pockets are, and well, the pockets deep are deep. Are the the are pockets are different. as deep as anybody in the world. But the thing is, there's really no plan over there for like making money off of it. They're just throwing billions of dollars at something that's not really making them money. Kind of just as a fuck you to the tour. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, I mean. Uh, today, um, PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan, who's you know not everyone's favorite person in the world as of recently,
1: <laughs> Doug, um, kick him off the tour.
0: <laughs> he uh, he came out the statement. It just he said if this is an arms race and if the only weapons here are dollar bills, the PGA Tour can't compete with a foreign monarchy that's spending billions of dollars in an attempt to buy the game of golf. And that's true. They they won't be able to. I don't know how far the live tour is willing to go here in terms of just floating billions of dollars um, if they're not seeing a return on that. But I, I mean, ultimately I don't know what guys will do. I think the Ryder cup is a big deal to some and not a big deal to others because everyone's got different motivations, right? I think if you're, if you're somebody like
1: even a guy like I, Brooks Kepka though, I feel like he genuinely that that's like that's the fun of it. You get to play in a different setup. Like no, I think, I, the think pride it is. Thing. I think I
0: yeah. think it's definitely I think it's definitely the fun of it for them. But is that fun worth saying no to hundred and fifty million dollars? No. Yeah, I don't know. You know, like nope. And and then what happens? You know, if the live tour does fold, are these guys allowed to come back or you know? We'll you see. better believe
1: they're going to. I, don't, like I don't
0: think you can't. I don't think you could keep them out because at the end of the day, they draw fans. Right. Mm-hmm. Not, like, you know, people come because they want to see Bryson hit the ball 300, 400 plus yards. They want to see Brooks Kepka play. You know, they want to watch these guys. Even Phil at the U.S. Open had a big following and he was playing like dog shit. Like, it doesn't matter. It's these names are what people come to see. Yeah,
1: I agree. It's it's interesting. There's going to be so much more to come of it, and plenty more to report. Um, One thing I want to say, uh, my my guy, got two more golf things. My guy Colin Morikawa, what a psychopath! Can we talk about the milk cereal thing?
0: We're all in agreement that's you know nonsense psycho behavior. I mean, I liked Colin Morikawa, but if you're if you're gonna suspend these other guys, kick his ass off the tour.
1: Yeah, he's he's got to put He he's got to start the next tournament with a plus four, and work back from that. I mean, God bless the guy. He's an absolute gem. Guys, an absolute gem. And then he decides to say, "I I I don't think he's being serious though. I think he's just adding I think, to it." I think he's it was really funny.
0: Part of I, him's trolling, but the yeah. thing with Morikawa too is like he's such a likable guy, right? Like always, always smiling when he's walking up to the course. His his style, oh, on point. <sighs> yeah, dude's got unbelievable fashion sense, and he just his ball striking is world class. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you put milk in before the cereal, that's a no for me. Yeah, That's. I don't know, if, I, don't know if I, can, I don't know if i can i don't know if i could root for the guy anymore like i usually do because of that oh uh, you're, you're gonna have a my guy
2: comes on to tour my my guy my lefty my my dude Akshay. Oh Akshay, Akshay Bhatia, that kid. we don't need any the more corn lefty fairy guys yeah he's a corn fairy dude he's a left he's a lefty he's a twig too he's like 20, the next, 20 years old the next will Zalatoris,
1: the lefty will
2: Zalatoris. He might be I don't know he he's got a pretty cool story. He's like he's like a college kid. He's just and like I think he dropped out of college and is like just on the corn Fairy tour, but he's been lighting up the corn Fairy tour. He is active on TikTok. He actually met his girlfriend, his current girlfriend via TikTok. I think she's just a golf content creator. Oh, and amazing. the way that they met and like their first date was like she jokingly said like put me on the bag and like he put Turn her away. On for the corn fairy tour. And he ended up finishing first that tournament. That's a lead dude. Yeah. That's so funny. So you like what a story. Won, you just won like 250 K and she just got fucking a little bit of it
0: for being on the bag as their first date. I couple A
1: ni- couple nice dinners too. I don't care. Suck. I
0: don't care if it's the first date. I think at that point you marry the girl. Yeah. She yeah just so that's, like, that's, put that's on the bag. She said, like, put me on the bag for four days and then you just, won I mean, that's,
1: that's a good sign. If I've ever seen one, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, and you know, great segue by me, self back pat. Boys, I thought we gave him the dish and bump, Mister Zalatoris. I was, oh my god, what a heartbreaker! How
2: much more money I can bet on this kid to win after?
1: Day I feel one. like you know what it is, dude. I feel like once he once he pops the cherry, he's just gonna go on a streak. He's gonna have major. a Scotty.
2: He's gonna have a Scotty Scheffler.
1: Yes. I had money on him, on Shuffler, and Zalatoris, and so that, did that fucking Brit had to just soil it for me. Fitzpatrick's he's
0: a he's a cool guy
1: though. Oh like yeah. Oh, funny. when he yeah. uh, I went back and saw some clips of when he won the the what the, was the, yeah, the amateur the, U.S. Open? Yeah, at Brookline.
2: That's a cool. Yeah. That's a cool story. That was yeah. really
1: cool. And dude, yeah. th- those two shots he had—the one from the rough and the one from the sand—I mean.
2: Dude, he couldn't have hit that same shot. I thought when I – that was the thing. I was like, okay, here we go. Like, he, he put one – he shanked one on 18. Like balls like, on this guy. I was like, here's here's Will. Will can – Will put it right down the middle. Like, we'll just put it close and you'll be good. And he fucking hits probably the best, like, fairway bunker shot I've seen in the longest time. He put it, like, five feet from the – Since 10. that one Dustin Johnson
1: hit that they made him take away in the U.S. Open, you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Before he before he broke through, where they do you remember the little fucking divot that they said was technically a bunker, stupidest course rule I've ever seen. Um But yeah, no, nah, that was that was a heartbreaker. He's the guys winning some money though. That guy is making some money. Yeah, it's
0: run, Scotty Scheffler too. What that. a
1: just what a great major too. I mean, it was tight to the end. The scores weren't 19 under par and stuff like that. It's nice when the big dogs struggle. You feel a little better about when I duff one and barely make it past the fucking senior tees. Um, but, yeah, touch on our boy Zalatoris. Will, come on the show anytime, buddy. The bump almost worked. We'll get you there. So. People still roast on his fucking putting stroke, too.
0: That's fine. I mean, here's the thing. He is pucks. it is Does he have a pretty putting stroke? No, no, but
2: he makes pots. But he here's the cares. thing:
0: when you're going out there and playing your local public course, you can't talk about a guy on tour who's finishing runner-up in the U.S. Open. I People don't. People are like,
2: Will zellatoris has given me the yips. It's like, yeah, but that kid's hitting top the five
1: up. finish in his what eight? Yeah. of and yeah. like six of his nine majors he's played and, in, or and something. He,
2: and he also, um, going into Sunday was, uh. Most putts, I mean, most strokes gained via putts. So, anyway. Yeah. Which is a total game. turnaround because
0: he used to be atrocious on the green. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure.
2: He was definitely his ball striking was his thing. Kid can put it down the fairway and hit it 300 yards like almost every single
0: time. Yeah. But I, I think, I think he'll get there if you're. A on- lot of
1: guys struggled at first. You know, you mentioned Scotty Shover didn't even win. Dustin Johnson, how many close calls did he have? Rory got
0: his First win.
1: Yeah, there's it's the thing it happens, with a lot man. of the
0: guys, too, is you look at a lot of these young guys coming up, they there was kind of a window, right? So, th- for a long time, there wasn't a ton of young guys winning majors, and it was a lot of guys, a little bit you know, kind of toward the prime of their career back, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. But we kind of hit that little bit of a pocket during COVID, like 2020, 2021, where some guys like Morikawa, some of these younger guys started firing off majors. And I think we're starting to get, I don't want to say away from that, but these guys now, right, like when Morikawa won uh, his first major, there were no fans. So you think about a guy like a Rory McIlroy or you know Tiger when he's playing Phil they're used to big crowds they're used to that energy. The no a lot, of, a lot of these young guys aren't, right? Like so mm. So, like when Morikawa won that, like he had never played in front of like big crowds and he didn't really have to in big moments in the majors. And I wonder if part of that contributes to it also, where like, you know, you're Zalatoris, you're standing over a putt to force it into a playoff, you know, and you got all these it's eyes on you. You've got, yeah, yeah, I mean,. And I think he will get there, right? You see it all the time in any sport. You know, teams get to the playoffs, they finally break through, they have a couple heartbreaking losses in a, you know, game six, game seven, whatever, and then they take that experience and, you know, next time they're back there, they know what it takes to win. They know how to handle the moment. You know, I think he's
2: going to end up being one of the best on tour. Moving, yeah. See, yeah, kid's strong. I mean, the way he, you know, he finishes. it's already, a, and literally what you are describing and what everything that he's been struggling from is literally experience. It's not it even, is, it's not even skill. His skill is, is so good.
0: And what people real, what people I think don't realize too is like the way the golf rankings work. I'm looking it up right now. So Zalatoris is ranked 12th in the world and he's never won a tournament on the PGA tour. And I think people don't really realize that this isn't college football. You don't have to win every week to be in the top 10. Like, you know, like the PGA is tough, right? Yeah, no, you get – The tour is difficult. So you get – by him finishing in top 10 or top five in all these different majors, he's already solidified himself as a top 15 player in the world, and he hasn't even won a golf tournament yet
2: and those will end up those will f- those, those will f- fill in those and will those
0: will in. fall into place mm-hmm. you know you got you know scotty is number one in the world right now and a year ago he didn't have a win on the pga tour and now he has what four yeah, five amazing. five four or
2: five not
0: yeah. not time not time to panic not even near time to panic on zala he'll so, He'll Keep ready. your head up,
1: Willie yeah. boy. I won't. You're I don't stuck. even want to
0: say. I almost said he'll write the ship. I don't even want to say that because there's nothing really big to fix. It's a couple breaks that go his way, and he'll win a tournament.
2: Yeah, I was yeah. just like, that's literally experience thing. Like you said, staring down a putt, you know, on 18 to force a playoff. Like that comes down to. Nerves and
0: stuff like that. That's I just feel like I'm, I'm get getting is, nervous. I'm getting nervous over a three foot par putt in a match at that, my yeah. freaking member member at the golf course I play at. You can't make three. You can't make. I can't three even. Parts. I can't even imagine what it is to look at that putt. Like Jesus, yeah. like, your
2: hands have to be shaking so much just because your heart is probably beating through your chest. It's like not only is just like thinking about like you like not only is w- what's weighing is the win on your shoulders but like you can't tell me that these guys aren't thinking like i just lost five hundred thousand dollars like oh on yeah one putt, one putt. yeah like, literally the difference of winning the tournament versus finishing in second is like sometimes astronomical like you have to hundreds of, of thousand dollars of those just literally are. just lost hundreds of thousand dollars on one putt
1: yeah it's like that it's who's like, the one guy. Big,
2: like, yeah, you still walked away with, uh, you know, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars on a weekend and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, if you're one putt away from making 500 more, like, you're going to be pretty pissed off about it. I'm pissed off when I miss a leg in my $10 parlay that wins $20, you know. <laughs> Fuck.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I want to make some time. We've had some coaching carousel action. Get to it real quick here before we get out of here and enjoy this game four of the Stanley Cup finals, fellas. Where do we? I think we got to start with our boy, the old gremlin, Tudor's favorite sports franchise, pulls the trigger on the wild man, John Tortorella. Tudes, take it away. How do you feel about the hire? Lot lots to get to here with these couple um, couple moves we've seen for for the coaching carousel in the NHL, but you got to do the justice. You got to start with Torts and Philly.
0: Yeah, Torts is uh, Torts is something. We'll start there. Um, no, I think we. You know, you and myself and Maddie uh, and Kev were talking about it last night, and I think it's just it's better for the game when Torts is in it, because I think he gives a lot of sound bites. Like, remember, you know, the Zegris comment this year on the the Michigan, or the the flip over the net to uh, Milano, and like, it's, he's just got that very old school mentality, but he gets... He puts out so many sound bites and such good content and doesn't even try to do it. It's just him being him. So I think it's great for the game and it gets people talking whenever Tortorella's involved. I do think he's going to have some great sound bites this year when he's watching Carter Hart give up six goals a night and the traffic cones out there in their orange jerseys. And, you know, you know, losing losing games left and right. You know, they got a. Uh, they, they're going to do know.
1: some work in free agency, though. This isn't a rebuild now. They're they're going to go think, for. It. I
0: don't know that it's a rebuild, but I mean, they're, it's they're a retool.
1: You can, if they can
0: get Johnny Goudreau
1: in there, Johnny Hammond, Cheese, you get a couple more pieces to fall. They don't have a bad team, do and they signed th- they signed a good goalie, didn't they? A prospect
2: I, signed a hell of a defenseman too.
0: Yeah, well, they signed, oh, yeah. they signed Risto five x five to be a turnstile. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, no, I, I it makes me wonder, though, too, because you hear mixed reviews when ex-players give interviews. Some guys say they loved playing for torts and it's blown out of proportion. Some guys say that it sucked. I don't know if – a coach that's that polarizing in a way does impact free agency, right? Because maybe you get a guy that is a good player that might come to you, right? Because Johnny Gaudreau is kind of from that area, I believe, right? So is he from New Jersey? So yeah,
1: I think he was just the flyer. so it maybe it would kind of, something like that.
0: It kind of makes sense for him to head that way, but depending on who the coach is, does that sway a decision to stay away? I don't know, but I wouldn't want to play for that dinosaur.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean some of the what the stuff he was saying about Z-Christ, it's like if I'm and Johnny and Hockey, I'm
0: like, yeah, I don't know. And that's the thing. It's like I don't know obviously, like I would think that if we're thinking about it here, the people running an organization would have had that conversation and thought about that. Mm, but
2: apparently everyone's on board. That was the reports. That's
0: what I read. Yeah, Man. so we'll we'll see what happens there, but I mean at some point too I think like can we get some new coaches in here like holy shit like yeah, these teams you've like had a, you've teams had a good career but we keep we keep recycling these like 60 year old coaches that have been in the league forever and have like, fizzled out in I different places it's nice
2: to be like a coach like that and just know that like oh I got fired and like just wait it out maybe I'll get hired again in like 2 years or some shit
1: I I feel like the problem with that is though is when GMs are trying to save their jobs, and Chuck Fletcher's been doing that his entire career, yeah, you know, starting in Minnesota, he was doing the same thing, where at, if the writing's kind of on the wall, you're probably at this point better off tearing it down, rebuilding it. Hopefully you don't be the Buffalo Sabres and fuck it up for 12 years, but it's neither here nor there.
0: They didn't go to I the yell for their coach. So. There you go.
1: That's right. And um, you you have an opportunity where you think I'll bring in an established guy that's going to straighten things out. He's got a track record of getting teams to the playoffs. And if you can get to the playoffs, how much further away are you? Could you argue for a Stanley Cup appearance, I mean, Jesus Christ! Look at the past two years with the Dallas Stars and the fucking Montreal Canadiens. So it's like get in the playoffs, see what happens, and that's why I think you see these this recycling going on. I mean, outside of Barry Trotz, you could say right where it's like you get Pete DeBoer, he's one two. Torts is one. Paul Maurice success, like you know, they haven't maybe they haven't climbed the mountain as much as you'd like. But they're proven winners, so you get these GMs that have good teams and ownership and whatnot might be getting fed up in time to make a change. What's the quickest way to save your job, give you the best chance at it? Get a guy who you know is going to light a fire under guys' asses and turn things around and get you to the postseason. Because mm-hmm. the Flyers didn't have a fucking chance at the playoffs last year, and you know they're going to be right there with torts
2: I will say, though, that, you know um – I texted it in the group message when we, uh, when he got, when Torts got hired, but um, I will say that, you know, like, I'm glad that Buffalo Sabres have sucked for the past 10 years, maybe even more than that, if we want to say. 10 to 12. Yeah, 12 years, but I will say that they never tried selling us like, oh, this isn't a rebuild, like. You know, what I mean, like that they that they were gonna go out there and find the missing links and
1: free yeah. And be a cu- well, a couple times recently, just to try to hang on to Jack. I would yeah, say for would be sure. Oh, yeah, but
2: they never like blatantly, outright said like, "Hey, we are winning and making the playoffs like this season." Yeah, like, they after, didn't like, try like, and a very clear and deliberate. Like, yeah, build where they're like selling. They weren't blowing out, like, smoke about it. Yeah, yeah, they weren't blowing smoke. Like they know that they're you know, they they've been very realistic of what their limitations and what they. Um, where they expect to be at the end of the year, you know, like, obviously do you want to make the playoffs? Like, yeah, no doubt. But like, is it really going to happen? Probably not. Like, you know, so uh, I, I just, I enjoy that because like, I mean, if I was a Flyers fan, you got torts in there and like
1: maniacs love it.
2: Yeah. I know they probably do, but if I was, you know, coming off of just getting rid of Jack Eichel, which is the same equivalent of getting rid of Claude Giroux, signing in a B-list defenseman, you know, and then you fire your coach and you're like, let's get some new guy in here, you know, keep it nice and young, you know, like fresh and stuff. And then they all, you know, they hire that old dinosaur Tortorella who has been so out of touch with the game for the past five fucking years, you know. Personally, I wouldn't. I I would be upset with it because, like, it just looks like a – I'd rather – if you're at that point – I would rather just strip it all down. You know what, though?
0: As much as I rag on the Flyers just because being a Pens guy, I just hate the Flyers, they really, I don't think, were that far away. Like Going into last – now, last season they were terrible. Just didn't go well. well. But going into last season, people were looking at the Flyers as a serious contender in the Eastern Conference – with that roster, now they had some injuries. Carter Hart didn't play up to par. Like Fairbairn,
1: Couturier hurt. Yeah, exactly. Kevin right. Hayes situation. They
0: didn't. They didn't necessarily have anything go their way last year. So I don't necessarily know that in Philly you need to do a rebuild because. I mean, people were literally picking them to make a run in the Eastern Conference going into last year with that roster. So, No, I agree. I mean, I I, I just think anything. that I and I get what Benny's saying because you know, as much as as much as I would like to sit here and say like, you know, it is as easy as just like give a new guy a <laughs> shot. I get I get where Benny's coming from with if you're a general manager at the end of the day, you're trying to keep your <laughs> job too. And if you go with a guy that's tried and true, like that's going to at least be looked at as a smart play or a conservative play. If you bring in a young guy, it's going to go one of two ways. That guy is either going to bring you to where you want to be and you're going to look like a genius and you're going to be set. Or it could sewer you because if he flops, people are going to be like, well, how dumb are you when Tortorella and Trotz and Maurice – and the there. boar are all on the market. Yeah, I feel you. I well, mean, speaking you know, of, uh,
2: I've done that with you know Granado kind of thing, and it's I you know actually paid off for once. So. Yeah, it worked because that fits there. that
1: fits the process though, right? Because you're you're rebuilding it. We're not retooling like we have been for far too long and doing half-ass rebuilds. It's an actual rebuild.
2: Yeah, no. Uh, I just, I'm. My thing with the this is that I would get nervous that you're just going to end up getting into that purgatory of like just being on the outside looking in constantly. Yeah.
1: So that mid tier, as we as the yeah, NFL, that eight and eight,
2: way, which is way yeah. worse than just sucking. You're going to be right. in the Jeff Fisher zone.
1: Yeah, to Jeff Fisher, something.
2: Yeah, it's way <laughs> worse than just outright sucking. But like, I mean, yeah. if I was a Flyers fan and like went into the season, you know, with that lineup, and then they started doing what they did, you know, starting selling off assets through walks and stuff like that, I don't know. At that point, I would just be like, you know, like let's just reevaluate here instead of trying to like still hold on to what
0: we have, kind of thing. It's like, I mean. Yeah. Derek, if you're a Flyers fan, you got enough to reevaluate already, but we don't have to get into that.
1: (laughs) That'll be for another day, right? Yeah. Um, Next one kind of surprised me. Um, You know, obviously, we've got a couple really that surprised me. Um, You know, DeBoer to Dallas, same kind of situation, I feel like, is Philly almost. Like, it's just like, you know, the Ben and the Sagan contracts, I think, are kind of hurting the, you know, progress they can make with that young core, like Gurianov, Robertson, uh, Rope Hintz, yeah.
2: Jamie Benn contracts.
1: Yeah, those are – it's just kind of holding them back. It's not that they're terrible. It's just what they're making. It's it's really hurting them. But uh, that one I could have – I was thinking maybe a young guy. I would have seen like maybe if Burnett doesn't go back to the Panthers, maybe a spot like that for him. You know, maybe one of these assistant coaches. But, um, you know, what do we think of DeBoer to Dallas? And then obviously Paul Maurice, uh, the big guy Paul Maurice, as Kevin Weeks would say, uh, heading over there to uh, to the Florida job. I mean, is there a – was could there right now, was there a better job on
0: the market than the Florida Panthers? No, not at all. Nope. I mean, you're living in – Cassidy Florida. to Vegas,
1: I forgot too.
0: Yeah, I mean, both, both of those really, uh, you know, great situations because both of those are situations where you are going into a playoff, playoff team. team. Yeah. Right? Vegas, obviously, again, things did not go the way that we all thought they were going to this year for them, but
1: they're Some right there.
0: They're right there. Well, before the trade, Bennett. Um, <laughs> you know, Vegas, Vegas is right there. And uh, obviously, we saw what you know Florida did throughout the season they just they came up short in the playoffs against the more experienced team and they just they frankly looked outmatched but they they've got the talent they'll be right back there again and they'll have that experience to build off but yeah I, I don't know that there's a better better job in in hockey right now than that Florida opening absolutely man I'd
1: eat that up uh... I mean, you
2: just walk into a golden opportunity right there yeah
1: it's just tweaking couple steps away from a true contender. Um, you know, I um, – the other what do you, thing – What do you
0: guys think, though, before we move away from Florida? Did you think they should have gave Burnett a chance?
1: Um, I wouldn't if I – okay, so if I was a Panthers fan, wouldn't have bothered me if they did. But I – and you don't want to lose them. Like, if I – I'd like to keep them – I doubt it will happen. I'd like to keep the guys an assistant at the very least, you know, um, and have him bring in – there's things he could learn from a Paul Maurice or Barry Trotz if he decided to go there, right? And, you know, maybe he, he's a contender down the line. Maybe he just – you know, the, I think the pressure mounted for him because they won the President's Trophy it, inheriting a team like that so early on. But I really think it's a tough sell with the window they have because you got guys that are going to be coming up that you're going to have to pay like – um You know, is Mason Marchman even going to be there next year? I doubt it. Are you going to be able to pay all these defensemen? I think Uyghur walks after next year. I don't know how you're going to pay him because you got to pay Sherratt this summer. You're not going to get rid of that guy. Um, Brandon Montour, another one, too. Sam Reinhardt. Claude Giroux, are you going to keep him? So they're going to be cap-strapped, and I think, you know, you can do a couple things to take the tamper approach, to. Give yourself some time the next couple of years to try and contend with Colorado, right? Out in the West, I would say, in Edmonton and whoever. But man, the lack of adjustments in that Tampa series, like, I mean, just throwing shit at the wall. Like, change it up, change up the power play. It wasn't working. And I think that's ultimately what did him in. Otherwise, I mean, shit, even if the power play was 15% in the playoffs, I don't even know, and you don't get swept, I don't know that that's a a factor. I think that was a much bigger factor than a lot of people would admit or realize because of the caliber of that roster and probably how management and ownership feels, how tight that window is for them just because they're going to have to pay some guys and they're going to be cap strapped. That's my take on that. Yeah, makes sense. That's, you know, but um, yeah, I'd like to see some new blood in the coaching too. I mean, Boston fires Cassidy, Cassidy to Vegas. Steps down in Winnipeg, goes to Florida for Paul Maurice. DeBoer gets canned by Vegas, shocker. Lifespan of about a year and a half for those poor coaches. um, Heads over to Dallas. So, I mean, the big question remaining here is the big fish is still out there. Is Barry Trotz destined for Winnipeg? Because I I heard, I believe, he's from that area, somewhere in Manitoba. A
0: couple hours away. But, um, I mean, I think for Trotz, it's just a matter of, does he want to coach or not this year?
1: Yeah, does he take a year off, see what happens?
0: If he wants to coach, I feel like he has any job he wants. Yeah. And I got to believe – I have to believe that he's already turned down a lot of these other teams before they've signed the coaches that they have. Like, yeah. I would think that Barry Trotz was – Florida, Vegas. Every, yeah, like, yeah. I would think he was all of their number one choice, and they probably all got a no from him, so then they moved on to their number two candidate. We know for a fact the Flyers one was, too. Yeah. offered him $7
1: million, I, I remember reading. But what a yeah. – is, so it, what is it now? Are we? Is it Detroit or uh,
0: Winnipeg at this point?
1: Pretty much. I can Where see the you... appeal for the Winnipeg – or uh, Detroit. Not so much Winnipeg.
0: Yeah, I mean, Detroit's got a lot of young players and a lot of young talent, at least. Winnipeg, I mean – Is there one I'm right? missing?
1: Am I missing one? No, it's right. It's currently it's just Winnipeg and Detroit left. Yep. So I don't know. I could see either one, I guess, you know, being with the localish connection with Winnipeg and the promise that the Detroit Red Wings have on that roster with Stevie Y, where's the bong at the helm? So um, yeah, it's, it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens there. But honestly, at this point, I think I'm leaning towards team might just take the year off. Reassess after next year. Maybe the Flyers or the uh, the Islanders job opens up again. Get them back in the saddle. Lou comes crawling back. Barry, I'm so sorry. We had to switch it up. It was the wrong move. Get them back in there. But uh, oh, we'll see. Or wait a minute. Who, who the fuck did Boston hire? I don't know if they have yet. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's the one I was thinking of. So, who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Is that something where he's like, I want to take over a team where I can kind of groom them a little bit? Or do I want to take a shot, you know, with a team like Boston where you could you could certainly consider them a contender. They might need to do something in goal. Or, uh, but, you know, aside from that, I mean that team is good. You know, they just had a bad matchup with Carolina, but it's like, what's Patrice Bergeron gonna do? Maybe he's
0: just waiting on to see what that decision is? Because I mean, that's so going to cause a whole thing of dominoes there. An article out of Boston a few days ago has uh, two front runners listed for the job: David Quinn and Jay Leach. Um, hmm. So David you know, Quinn makes sense. David Quinn, I think. Or Dan sense. Quinn. Dan Quinn, right? Uh, or is no, it David. David Quinn, David Quinn oh. um, coached at uh, BU. Yeah, okay, that's uh, what I was thinking. Of. His name is Dan. So Quinn. he. Um, you know he's got some experience. He's coached McAvoy before. I think he slides in, makes a ton of sense if they end up going with him. Um, you know we'll we'll kind of see what happens, but I don't know Boston. Boston, I don't know if they they would go with Trots. We'll see. You know they Boston's kind of a weird hockey community, right? Because I feel like they kind of like their own. Yeah. So if you get you get a guy that was like BU over there and already coached your young stud defenseman, like you probably would rather have him.
1: Yeah, and you almost wonder too with like Detroit, is Stevie Y just waiting for the end of the series to grab one of the assistants from Tampa that I'm sure he had around there? You know what I mean? Something like that. Right. Same thing with Winnipeg, maybe even Boston too. So, um, but yeah, boys, uh, we got anything else? Or it's pretty much everything I had. That's so all well, I really
0: had for today, Benny. Yeah. Good shooting today.
1: Oh, I appreciate that, you know, very much. Um, you know, just went out there, you know, hit some good shots, hit some bad shots. We put a number on the card. We're in the clubhouse.
0: That's all you can do.
1: <laughs> appreciate it, gentlemen. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, all right, let's see how smart we look, though. Um, game six is or game four is gonna start in a few minutes here, gentlemen. I got Tampa moneyline. I also put in a little feeler minus one and a half, feeling frisky. Who do we like tonight?
0: Tampa wins it five to two, Tampa and seven still. Um I'm still gonna
2: say Tampa, but I'm at a loss. I my fucking account is at a whopping zero dollars this fucking <laughs> playoffs can kick rocks and the rest (laughs) of the sports can sports can too yeah Um, we're about to be in the oldest streak of my
1: life we're about to be in the dead zone too it's gonna get real interesting so we'll see might be just a lot of premier league lacrosse bets uh and and some mlb strikeout over unders but uh (laughs) all right boys uh this was a pleasure as always uh thank you everybody for listening um like i said we've just uh we've had a We've had a run with some scheduling conflicts. Stuff comes up. That's just life, right? But we're gonna we're gonna get them in. We got some great interviews lined up. Great guests lined up for you. Hang in there with us. Uh, lots of good stuff coming here. Enjoy the rest of your week. Um, America's Independence Day's coming up too. Excited for that, everybody. So uh, it's gonna be a good one. Get some nice weather and get out there, have some fun. Be safe. But uh, we'll we'll talk about some plans for that next week see what everybody's got on the docs, but, uh, looking forward to that. All right, everybody. Thanks. as Thanks as always for joining us. This has been just dishing at 66. We'll see you.